0: Welcome, everyone. We're back with another episode of Above and Below, and we are continuing our series telling you her story. And we're exploring uh, this season about how women are really taking a stand and working very hard and are entrepreneurs in shifting our cultural paradigms. So today, I am so honored and happy to welcome uh, our guest, Michelle Aspinwall. Michelle is a health coach, a skincare creator, and also an author. She is working with women that are in their midlife and shifting their consciousness towards health. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Navriti. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here. So I feel like this is such a, such an interesting point of life that you're working with, with women. So I would love to get started and get your story about you know that moment in your life that led you to decide that you needed to shift your awareness about health and aging and just your lifestyle.
1: Yeah, I've had many of those moments. So uh, I won't go into great detail about all of the moments, but I would say through understanding my own early in my 30s health crisis that made me spiral. my health spiraled, uh, and it took many years to have a diagnosis, it's not a unique story by any means. I I feel like I know a lot of women, and I work with even more women who have the same – Uh, experience with the Western medical system. And so through my own health journey and also through two pregnancies and my younger son had a really rough first year of life, Mm -hmm. uh, I really had to figure out, number one, I went inward uh, really listen to my intuitive voice around being a mother and being um, fully present to what was happening outside, but also what I was being led internally to do. So. With my own self, the in- intuition kind of kicked in a year or two after the the crisis with my children, it kicked in immediately. Mm. And that's kind of the, one of those beautiful things that happens to, I think, the majority of women if you tap into it. It's a bit like a portal that opens. And you end up being able to feel things even, I don't want to say predict the future, but you can feel things about to happen, especially, da- you know, danger. And just just really finding that voice led me then in my own sort of – I called it an unraveling. A lot of women in their early 40s, mid-40s call it a crisis. Like we've heard that Mm. term, right? Like midlife crisis. I feel as though crisis is not a great word to use because if it were a crisis, we would just create some bullet points – touch on those bullet points and boom the problem is solved right mm. i find that this time in life this midlife sort of situation that all women go through it is a rite of passage right um you only don't go through it if you if it's medically induced or um you know some health issues some medications can bring on. But it is a transition for everyone to experience, every woman to experience. And so in working with women, especially in this transition, helping them understand that it is something to experience. It's not a medical condition. It's really something to work through, feel through, and to really get very clear on how their life has been up until now and how their life can be or gets to be based on the choices that they decide to do or act on or mm. stop doing. I think that's the pinnacle of the work is really, and I call it um, aligning with time. Mm. I think for a lot of women, aligning with time is a big, it, it really eases the transition.
0: Right. So it's really more like this midlife transformation yeah. or evolution. Yeah. You know, crisis brings, like you said, the, such such a chaotic Mm-hmm. connotation to it. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it's like life is life should be approached in a more just way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a gentler way. Yeah, too. a more gentle way. Um I think if we
1: were all a little more gentle on ourselves and those around us, I think the world would we could make some massive shifts just in that, mm-hmm. right? Um so I had sort of a bit of an unraveling at around 42. I mean I'm happily married. My husband's one of the most incredible people I know and my kids are amazing. I mean, they're 11 and 12 and a half now as we speak. And but at 42 I remember looking in, into my life, looking into the the ball of my life and thinking what oh, I this is what is this? What am I doing? <laughs> why is this, why does this not feel right anymore? Um and it wasn't out of discontent. It wasn't out of unhappiness. It wasn't even through the lens of um being unhealthy or, or feeling poorly, because I'd sort of worked through all that in my 30s. It was really around the shift. And, you know, there's an Eastern sort of philosophy towards, you know, the, the change. And then there's like a Western kind of physiological experience um, and explanation. And in, in bringing those two together, I found a place for me to kind of understand that change Mm. and in understanding it both on an emotional and a sort of spiritual path, but also the physiology. Like it really, Western science is amazing. We're living in the most amazing time. There's such advancement and, but we can't let go of really past knowledge, past experience, past Um, age wisdom, right? We can't, we can't disregard that completely. So that's really, that's what brought me. And that's what, that's where where I found peace is Mm -hmm. bringing those two together.
0: So I want to take a step back uh, just a little bit. How would, how is your, you talk about feeling, you, you, you're you're saying like, it's something didn't feel right anymore. So how is your body speaking to you and telling you that, Hey, it's time to move forward. It's time to change. It's time to you know go through a transition so the eastern perspective um
1: it's a it's an energetic exchange right energy is energy is energy it starts you know our ability to grow and sustain life um is is energy as much as it is physiology so but then from a western perspective as our estrogen shifts and our ovaries stop producing estrogen and it kind of shifts into so before our ovaries stop producing it it starts producing much much less right Mm -hmm. estrogen is that hormone from a western perspective it's that hormone that keeps us um it's a building hormone so it builds our bones it builds the uterine lining but but the more interesting thing is that estrogen kind of keeps us in line right and i mean that in a good way like it keeps us wanting to have sex it keeps us focused on our children focused on our family focused on taking care it's Mm. like a it's a it's a building um hormone and when that starts to diminish so do those feelings and not in a negative way though so i think sometimes if you, if you understand it, you don't see it as a negative. It just is. It is neither negative or positive. There's no meaning to it. It just is the way it is. So when you work with that knowledge, you can kind of understand, okay, this feeling is coming from this place. And so from this place, I can then start to think thoughts that take me to a calm place. Mm-hmm. And then from that calm place, I can make a more informed decision about what's happening in front of me, whether it's a disagreement with someone, whether it's, I want to be doing this, but I'm here, or even just basic care needs. Like I really feel like eating, you know, a big sandwich, a big hero sandwich. When in reality, what my body needs more than calories is nutrients. Mm. It really needs some leafy greens and a piece of fish or something. Does that make sense? So when you see yeah. the world through the lens of understanding and, and appreciation and from the emotional realm, which I think is what you asked me, that this is happening, then you can make a a more informed choice. Mm-hmm.
0: So you've worked with women a lot and, and have coached them through this uh, transitionary time in their life. Uh, what do women, from your experience, do you think get wrong about their health? Uh, one of the things I think women
1: um, have a misunderstanding is that when 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 the when you feel a physical symptom it's an it's actually an inner dialogue the body is trying to have with you right so we have our spiritual realm we have our emotional realm and then we have our physical realm mm. and the physical realm is the vessel That's like this physical body that that our soul is inhabiting now, right? And this, I feel like this transcends religion. Like I'm really just speaking. I think even if you don't believe that there's anything after this life, you do believe that in you is some sort of soul, and that's what makes us unique to some extent. So that's what I mean when I say the spiritual realm. But so the physical body, I think a lot of women understand or think of symptoms as something to fix, as something to correct, rather than a dialogue coming to you for you to help you. And a lot of that's conditioning because our cycles, we've been we've been led to believe that our monthly cycles that they're dirty, they're mm-hmm. gross, they're meant to be painful. Like we're blessed with a cycle to help us understand on a monthly basis what our body is doing and how it's functioning. And it and it and the hormonal shifts actually help us program and reprogram our lives to work around them. But that, I mean, I learned that way beyond when I wish I had known. I wish I had grown up feeling and believing and knowing this innate knowledge that we have.
0: Yeah. I feel, I feel like Western um, medicine from the limited knowledge that I have, um, you know, it doesn't really consider hormones as a cause of, you know, Big bodily and emotional changes. So, and you've mentioned how you've sought out Eastern medicine and philosophies, you know, to help you bridge that gap. Absolutely. So, I'm so I'm really curious to know um, how have you know both Western and Eastern philosophies come together to you know form your understanding of this change, Mm -hmm. and you know, do you feel like they also go against each other?
1: That is a really great, I, my husband and I have long involved conversations about the East and the West clashing. Um, how have I brought those two together? So in my, so I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease in my early thirties. As I told you, it took, took many years to get this diagnosis. One of the aspects so food was the foundation, right? That mm-hmm. was like the greatest healing foundation for me. The next thing that I realized is that the medication, although medic, I'm not against medication at all, the medication that was being given to me was actually doing more harm to my body wow. than it was helping the condition. So that kind of jump-started me into looking for ways to help the vessel. I keep calling it the vessel because I really do believe it's like, it is this thing that we pour into, the more we pour in, the more we give in, the more we get, right? So in trying to help myself help myself, acupuncture through traditional Chinese medicine and and herbal medicine from the traditional Chinese herbs and medical system helped me really tremendously for myself. So I have used that in my, I've, you know, I don't perform acupuncture, I'm not acupuncturist, mm-hmm. but I send people out. Um, there's not one place that traditional Chinese medicine really shines, is in this um, tr- these transition years for women. And it's one of the things I wish more women believed in, understood, and knew that mm. they had it at their fingertips. I mean, there are institutions where you can go and students perform acupuncture at a very low cost. So it's, it's not an elitist art form by any means. Um, but that's that's where that was the first foray foray mm. into it, and then my background I'm from originally from Kentucky, and so plant medicine was a big part of like the herbal uh, medicine was the other part that I brought in. I mean, I use plants, and I believe wholeheartedly in not only the power that they have to heal, but the act of obtaining of acquiring them, and then how you use them whether you make a tea whether you distill them in vinegar whether you distill them in oil whether you crush them and put them in food like there's there is a medicinal Mm. quality in caring for yourself and using the natural i mean the the beauty that nature has to us i mean we're mammals after all (laughs) i mean mammals are made to use nature to heal yeah, themselves. we're of nature. Yeah, right? exactly. We are absolutely of nature, one hundred percent.
0: Exactly. Uh, um, for our listeners who might not know what plant-based medicine would be, could could you briefly ex- explain what plant plant medicine is? I mean,
1: in its most basic form, it's just literally eating plants, eating and and drinking plants. So, for a lot of my clients, like really understanding that when you eat a diversity of green leafy vegetables. Um, it does a world for your health. Just that in and of itself can really change the trajectory of someone's Mm -hmm. health. But when I talk about plant medicine, I'm really talking about um, roots, stems, leaves, and um, flowers. Gotcha.
0: I want to talk a little bit more about your signature process, which is aligning with time. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us more about this approach and, and how you help women. So... (laughs)
1: that's a good that's
0: good um aligning with time
1: aligning with time first started through watching my body age in the past 10 years like from growing children watching my you know quite literally watching your body change you know week to week it's a miraculous miraculous ability that we have um, and then afterwards, you know, it's rare that someone just bounces right back and goes back to the body that they had pre-childbirth. Pre-child, um, child Of course, it happens. We've seen it. Uh, um,
0: through lots of hard work. Through lots of hard work. <laughs> of
1: course, it doesn't naturally, it does not naturally occur even for the very rich and fami- famous. Um, but aligning with time in my practice is really a mindset as well as really owning where you are in the life cycle so and the bigger mission around aligning with time and then I'll get back to your question and why this is so I find this so important in my work is that what we do at 40 45 50 55 is one thing but we are a constant mirror to to our younger generations and what and they they listen they watch they listen and they They really take on those belief systems. And so when I – my signature process of aligning with time really is an inside job. So beauty, health, presence, um, purpose – consciousness. It's an internal experience as well as how it manifests externally. It's not something to be bought or obtained from the external. It's something that comes from within. So within aligning with time, the most important thing is to just be present with the body and the mind and the space that you're given. Mm. So if you're 45, what does that mean? What does that look like? And when we associate and stay present with that, instead of trying to feel 32, look 37, perform at 41, you know, whatever it is, when we stay very present with this time, we make very informed choices, mm. whether that be what you put on your skin how and if you inject things into your skin how you treat your physical body I mean, i've mean, i worked with so many women that believe in this stage that to lose weight you have to limit calories and exercise even more and i can't tell you how many women have developed autoimmune disease because of that and At this stage of life, you need actually more calories and you need different kinds of exercise and movement to really fulfill what the body, the transition that the body is going through. And so when you understand that at this stage you need this, then it informs who you become at 50 51 53 57 but if you're not thinking about this now and you're living in the 30s you're not actually addressing this time and then that makes that time the Mm -hmm. time in the future a bit of a mess i mean for some women not all women of course there's loads of women who transition and you know a lot of this doesn't doesn't really apply but for the vast majority living in the you know Mm -hmm. in america I would say this is this is the norm. Yeah,
0: I I would say it's a you know it's commonsensical to understand that you know we are evolutionary beings and that or evolutionary humans that are going through an evolutionary process. You know, just as women, of course, when you go from a child to like hitting puberty in your you know early teens or or, or a little bit before that, your body it's it's a bodily and physical change. Yeah, and it's I think it's you know a very natural sense to. Understand that, you know, that's not the only critical evolutionary stage in your life, yeah. <laughs> you know, th- that you and your body go, go through. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've talked about aging and I'm curious to dive deeper into that as well. Um, I feel like aging, especially in Western culture, I mean, also especially here in New York, <laughs> you know, is. Um, it's, it's so highly commercialized that it's a problem for women, you know, and that it's something that needs to be solved. And there are all these creams and surgeries and medicines. And like you mentioned, injections, you know, that that you should use to continuously look young. And I remember when growing up, you know, I would watch TV, I would look at magazines and they w- there would be all these, you know, anti-aging products and treatments. And even at like doctor's offices, they would advertise, you know, anti-aging um surgeries <laughs> um, and you know often the advertisements uh, or like the women in these advertisements were themselves like in their 20s you know saying like oh you know get this like under eye surgery to get rid of your dark circles yeah. or and, and things like that so I'm curious to um, you know to know from your experience and the women that you've worked with what min- misconceptions do women have about aging
1: Um, that there's nothing you can do about it that After 40, it's all about covering, cutting, fixing. I mean, women inherently don't love their bodies, Hmm. don't identify with their skin, with their feelings. We've been, for better or for worse, conditioned to wear things, change things, add things. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. Mm -hmm. So we've been sold to the greatest, I think, misconception of of all time that it's something to fix when in fact the aging process force we're fortunate to age I mean aging is a gift there are women who haven't had this gift whose life ends well before old age and they Mm. would give anything to keep going so I think I think one of the really big misperceptions of aging is that it's a gift and when we see it as a gift, then how do we live differently? How does that inform our consciousness, which then affects us on a cellular level, which then affects how we spend our money, who we spend our time with, and what we talk about?
0: Absolutely. And, and this has driven you, or tell me what's driven you to create your skincare line called a Skin.
1: So a came out of both um, my younger son having severe eczema. So I was always trying to figure out how to help support his body so that we weren't affecting his gut balance um, with the steroid creams and the injections Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So that's where it started. And then – actually, no, that's not where it started. That's where it landed into becoming products. Where it started was with my autoimmune disease, um, I really – got very serious and very clear about um, controlling the toxins that I was putting on my body as well as in my body uh, so buying organic food cutting out all products that weren't clean and you know then replacing mattresses and furniture with stuff that didn't have chemicals like flame retardants. Um, mm-hmm sprays and things like that so that's where so i i've actually been using a skin for well over 10 years closer to 15. the recipes i developed them back then and then a client of mine, as we're, you know, going through and I'm trying to help her with she'd been diagnosed with thyroiditis, she said, well, just tell me what you use. I mean, I just want what you use. And I said, well, I just, I mean, I make my stuff, so you can't really buy it. She's like, well, just make me some. <laughs> and that's how the idea stemmed. And so I just started making it and bottling it. And now it's become, you know, this boutique small line It's bespoke. I mean, I, I do have a few clients who have allergies or sensitivities to smells, so I do do personalized skin care for women mm-hmm. and I just don't see anyone really doing that out there. So that's that's another aspect of, of it. It's medicinal, it's experiential, like the smell of it and the feel of it. It's all herbs, oils, botanicals, and butters. So it's completely in line with nature and it comes out four times a year because the mm. as we change with the season, so does our skin. Yep. So I have different products for different seasons. Um, I love that. Yeah, some (laughs) of them are the same. But yeah, it's really just aligning with nature and our natural process.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's a really um, big takeaway from this conversation, how we're more connected to nature than we acknowledge. And we need to honor that much more.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, How do you view the world now after working through your transformation?
1: I view the world, that is a really good question. I how do I view the world? Can I answer how my place in the world and how the bigger picture comes into play? Okay. So part of viewing the world is viewing my place in the world and, and my um, small contribution. And I, I would say the one thing right now that's driving me, I think this changes you know, quarter by quarter, but I think the thing driving me right now is really empowering women to understand the power that they have to really change their life in an instant and that inherently the body is not failing them ever, that things are not happening to them, things are happening for them, and that women heal women.
0: Mm.
1: We have always been the healers. And somewhere somewhere with religion and politics, um, maybe capitalism, I don't know. I mean, this is like a whole anthropo- anthropological <laughs> conversation, but mm-hmm. maybe somewhere around religion and politics that that paradigm shifted and men sort of took took this on Mm. and and became present and I'm not fighting the fight of women have been pushed down for generations I think it's true but that's not the fight I'm fighting I'm actually fighting for women to find the power to make the the changes and the choices for themselves Mm. and to not fight the fight of being pushed down but rather fight the fight of building up it's like a much more uplifting Mm. there's hope you know there's hope if we can find the healing in ourselves and then we heal each other. Mm. And then the world changes because we care. We're the carers. We're the caregiving. And so if we change us, then we see the lens, the world through a different lens. And then those around us, our ripple effect is vast and wide. Mm. So that's how I see the world and my place in it.
0: What advice would you give to your younger self?
1: To my younger self, to not take myself so seriously, (laughs) Um, to laugh more, to find more joy, to work less, and to really find those women that I identify with, to not uh, feel like the outlier.
0: Mm. So help me finish this sentence. Happiness is...
1: Oh.
0: Happiness is
1: right now happiness is a really fantastic meal like cooked at home with a candle great sex because sex is everything um Mm -hmm. orgasm is i mean it's what we have like it's everything and nine hours of continuous sleep (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) if i can do ten even, even that. <laughs> I mean,
1: I don't even know what that is with kids. Like I'm lucky right. to get eight. But yeah. Yeah. Ten beautiful.
0: Well, thank you so much, Michelle. This was such a pleasure to talk to you, you. and learn about your story. Thank you so much. <laughs> so you can find Michelle and her coaching services and also learn more about her skincare line, A Skin, on her website, MichelleAspinwall.com.